Insights on Responsible Business is a podcast about organizations building trust, security, and resilience to thrive in an era of stakeholder capitalism. Our host is Sir Rob Wainwright, who talks with business leaders and experts about their challenges and experiences in becoming more responsible businesses. Our special guest is Marcel Krom, Chief Information Officer at Postenal and winner of the CIO of the Year Award 2020. Marcel has been with Pustinal since the early 1990s and is currently responsible for the digital transformation of the postal company. Robin Marcel will talk about the role of the postal company in society as well as the technological challenges in the delivery landscape. Over to you. Thank you, Rodney. Welcome back, listeners, and a warm welcome to you, Marcel. Thank you for joining us today, especially at this busy time for you, of course, helping to keep these postal deliveries coming and going in the Netherlands. I guess in most years, your services experience a peak in demand in the period up to Christmas, for example. But it must feel like to you that every day has been Christmas over the last years. We've been through this lockdown experience, of course, with people now relying on your services so much more. Tell me about the impact that the last year has had on the daily work of your company. Yeah, um, well, immense. We have immense impact on all kinds of aspects of our daily jobs. And especially, of course, at first and most of all for the people who are working in our sorting centers, who have to keep the 1.5 meters distance, where we have made complete new processes to do our daily job. Uh, also, what we see, of course, with the drivers we have and the, the postal people on the street, who have to keep the distance towards uh, the customers who receive all the parcels and, and the mail. So th- that's already immense. But what you also see, of course, is for the people who are working in the office, yeah, within one or two weeks, everyone was working out of home. So that's a big change also in how you do meetings, how you make progress. Um, and, and next to that, we saw an immense increase in parcels in 2020, uh, as we also have uh, talked to, towards the press, and more than 1.5 million parcels a day in the Netherlands only. And, and that's that's Christmas volume, but but then all year long indeed. So so our company is uh, at full capacity working uh, all year long. And in the beginning, we had more or less maybe the idea that this was a sprint, but it it seems like it's at least a marathon, and maybe it's yeah the new way of of volume uh, that we experience every day. Well, those are very high numbers by historical standards, and, and I guess it's a constant high peak demand every day. How have you adjusted the business to deal with the logistical challenge involved, you know, to scale up so quickly and in, in that way on, on, on a permanent level? There are uh, limits to what you can increase in logistical uh, parts because what there are some restrictions which, well, which are uh, well more or less bottlenecks. If you think about the number of sorting centers we have, which is around 22, 23 uh, in this country, then it's not easy to, to build a new sorting center that takes around 12 months. So, so we will build new ones, of course, in 2022 and in 2021, this year already. But that takes time. So what you can do is to see how you can optimize that, that volume through the, those sorting centers. And, of course, we had to rearrange a lot of last-mile routes to make those more effective. So what you see in all kinds of aspects, in routing, in how you deal with 
instructing your people, how you deal with your sorting centers, how many trucks can you find, how many warehouses can you find for buffering. But in the end, it's logistics. And well, it, it, to, to put it easy or to make a kind of um, comparison, when the truck is full, it's full. Yes, yes, quite. It's, it's a reminder, isn't it, about the impact the pandemic's had on so many companies in, in, in different sectors. Positives as well, I suppose. I mean, in terms of creating opportunities for commercial growth for companies like PostNL, shouldn't forget that. But also revealing in terms of the work of some companies in society. As you know, this is a podcast series about responsible business. And I suppose, you know, it's been a big part of the experience of PostNL during 2020, really seeing and feeling the responsibility of delivering postal services to communities in society at this time. Yeah. That is certainly true, and uh, there are uh, you see some changes in the delivery landscape. People are accepting that sometimes it takes lo- it takes longer than twenty four hours to to deliver a parcel. But if you look into the yeah into the ratio we can make, then I think around ninety ninety five percent is still within twenty four hours, or so still very fast. I experience also it uh, myself eh, as a consumer when I order something in. Most of the time, I think eight out of 10, it's within 24 hours. So that's a change a little bit in customer experience perspective. If you look into the other perspective of the pandemic is that that social distancing leads also to a more intimate contact via postal cards. As we have seen that postal cards are being rewarded in a new way in this time, but also writing letters. Uh, so from people to people uh, who want to say something to someone else. It, it's more personal if you have something with a real handwritten card or a handwritten letter instead of a text message. So we have seen also an increase in that and especially around uh, Christmas time. So I, I think indeed also with the distribution of all the medical stuff, which we are doing already for a long time, all those aspects are having a new kind of flavor in this strange time. Yes, interesting. I mean, I mean, you can see, of course, that all of us who have increased our dependency on online shopping, as you say, not just for buying new electrical goods or something, but everyday needs like food and medicine, of course. And I think you make a very good point about handwritten letters and cards. There's something about how your service is, as you say, helping to connect uh, people more than just sending a text message, for example. There's almost something real world about receiving a handwritten note from a friend or a family member. Yeah, it is. And what you also see is, of course, is that the personal contact with the people who deliver our parcels, that that is being appreciated very much. And also that uh, because of the pandemic, they have to keep distance. But to have that that smile at your door uh, gives gives a very good feeling, uh, fortunately. What does that make your company think then you know you're a member of the executive team what what does it make you think about the societal purpose that the company has about the company's purpose its values in this commercial strategy going forward yeah certainly our purpose is to be the the favorite deliverer of the of the benelux and in in that favorite deliverer you can find a lot of aspects eh, that is doing the right thing at the right time in the right way for your customers. So in in all those kind of aspects, you have to put extra emphasis. And that's also what 
if you look out of customer experience perspective, that, that's one of our main goals uh, for the coming years to, to keep improving that heavily. Uh, to, to be, to stay the favorite deliverer. So out of purpose perspective, it helps a lot. And what you also have seen is that out of all the attention we have gotten from the, yeah, from the context, from the society, from the people, is that you see that our company has uh, increased in popularity immense in 2020. So uh, also, it, a lot of people want to work with us, so that helps, of course, because we are looking for a lot of people in all kinds of aspects, not only in delivery, but also, for example, in customer experience, user experience, IT. So, so that helps immense in the perspective that people have around of PostNL. And also, what you see is that we are, I think we are very innovative because we are innovating a lot every year in all kinds of aspects, but that's also now more seen than it than it was. Yes, it's interesting. And I've heard from, from other business leaders, you know, how when you have a strong purpose, when you are demonstrably making a strong contribution to society, when you have a popular brand in the way that you're describing, you can be a real talent magnet. I just wonder, Marcel, turning to your particular area of responsibility, you're an experienced CIO, you know, winning awards for being the best in industry. What technology challenges have you faced to meet this rising demand over the last year? What issues have you really been faced with, Marcel? I think that uh, out, of, uh, out of my perspective, then the role of information is becoming more and more important, of course, in society. It's, it's, information is already important since human mankind existed, eh, but in wars, etc. But also, if you look into a logistical value chain, then the digital journey has to be as good as the logistical journey. So to, to make the digital information journey as good as the logistical journey is one of the main aspects. And also thinking about what information can do with the mindset and the feeling of people that awareness is, is rising within our company, I think also within other companies, but also within our companies that, as I sometimes say, that information generates emotion. And if you think about that connection, that you can generate emotions with information, then they ask, of course, towards me, how, how can you explain it? And I give the example that, suppose we tell to you, Rob, that your parcel will be delivered at 10 o'clock. And, and we deliver at uh, half past nine, then you are a little bit frustrated because you're still in your pajamas. If we deliver at half past 10 instead of 10, then you're a little bit anxious because you have to go to the supermarket because you have to do the shopping. So we have to deliver it then around 10 and because then you're happy. So information, the prediction generates a kind of an emotion and to have that balance in your customer experience is crucial. So that also gives a lot of tension into your IT environment where we have to be you know, one of the aspects we are working on and which is going rather okay is to be more, much more event-driven, much more data-driven, much more algorithm-based working. And to, to have that in your logistical supply chain is one of the biggest challenges we have because it's such a massive operation. And, and the innovations that you've been working on in that space? I mean, you talk about developing new algorithm-based approaches, for example. How have you been able to apply these in your world? 
Yeah, that's a that's a long road. Uh, we are working on that already for three or four years. But but what I see is that if you look into, for example, route planning, which is one of our, our core businesses, of course, then you see that route planning was contained in software packages. But you see is that algorithms and route route planning are becoming more and more open source. And if you want to use those, then you have to decouple your software packages way forward to be able to have the best routing algorithm which there is and that at that moment. So it's not only implementing that routing algorithm, it's it's also to uh, to get rid of the old software packages and to unbundle them so that you can use that kind of algorithm. So the, the, the servicing aspect of your infrastructure is becoming more and more a business perspective game instead of an IT perspective game. If you understand the decoupling of business functionality in services, you can define complete new business models. And, and that's one of the biggest challenges we have uh, at this moment. Yes, that makes sense. And of course, it's another reminder that, that all the time businesses are becoming more and more dependent on technology and data, of course. Well, as we know, there's a dark side um, in terms of cybercrime actors that want to steal data, steal money, cause us harm, that dark side of technology as well. What kind of cybersecurity threats are you facing typically in your company, Marcel? We have a lot of contact with the consumers uh, via, still via email. Also, the, the web shops we are working for are sending emails towards consumers when a parcel will arrive or to give an order confirmation or to give an, um, uh, or to tell that the order has been delivered. Is phishing is one of the main aspects that is trying to be used by criminals to see whether where they can steal money from the the people who deliver who receive parcels. So I, phishing is, I think, the most heavy one. Uh, secondly, we see uh, more uh, activity on uh, DDoS uh, attention to uh, around our company. So that, that's the second part. So what we are doing at cybersecurity part is if you look into that email part, then we think that the in-app communication will increase heavily in the coming three to four years. That's We are also setting now our programs to, to achieve that. So we have uh, installed an app for the consumers where you can see where your parcel is and also that you can see what kind of mail you will get tomorrow. Uh, but we can also use, of course, that app to have in-app communication instead of email communication, as I see that towards the future, towards the coming three to five years, email will becoming less and less of important to send kind of transaction information. Maybe you can use it to, to, in, to send information, but transaction information about your orders, etc., is becoming more and more risky. Uh, for companies, so th so that will change, and uh, yeah. Secondly, we are implementing. I think almost every two or three months, we are implementing new cybersecurity measurements uh, to see whether we can make our company more resilient. And it, it's it's a it's a continuous battle to yeah, to stay along with that game. Yeah, absolutely. Must must be a challenge. Well, there's one final question I want to ask you, Marcel. You talk about the company needing to stay resilient, keep the trust of customers. What are you doing for the company to make it more sustainable? I'm interested, for example, in your plans to run a more eco-friendly delivery service. Yeah. Yeah, we have um, a zero 2030 program, 
within uh, the company and there's a lot of initiatives in it. Um, one of that, we want to be CO2 neutral in the last mile in 2030. So that's the game. And uh, we want to be in 25 cities in 2025. We also want to be CO2 neutral, neutral in the last mile. That's one of the biggest uh, things we want to do. Secondly, if you look into the sorting centers, we have implemented solar panels on uh, all of them. And we can generate 50% of the energy we use ourselves in those sorting centers with uh, that solar panel uh, initiative. Thirdly, if you look into IT, then of course we have to be as smart as we can in, in routing and in, uh, in yeah, filling our buses as optimal as we can. And what we also see, because we have a lot of fans, eh? so you have small fans, big fans, something in between, you have bikes, you have electric bikes, and they have different sizes of vans on that electric bike. And what we have done is, based on the volume metrics of a parcel, eh? so how big is a parcel, to put it easily, to make it easy, then we predict how you will have to pack your bicycle. And we call that Tetris tooling, so that you know what kind of package you have to set in your van first, and then secondly, thirdly, to see how you can pack your van as optimal as you as you can. Uh, yeah, we're trying to do innovations also yeah, about packaging, so so we have developed a, a package which, which can make itself a vacuum, if you, so that you have the smallest parcel or the smallest packaging, and that you have to transport as, yeah, as as less air as you can. Yes, and I suppose it's another example, isn't it, of, of a company becoming more responsible, delivering an important service to society, but also, of course, in a sustainable way. Well, we've run out of time, Marcel. It's been wonderful to speak to you today. Really fascinating insight into the running of such a key logistical part of how society functions. Thanks so much for, for being with us today. Well, online shopping has long since been an everyday part of our modern way of life, but the effects of the COVID lockdown have transformed its scale and purpose in society beyond any point we could have imagined. It's even made fashionable again the art and personal touch of sending handwritten cards to friends and family. This brings to mind the valuable role postal and logistical services play in our lives, not just in helping us connect and shop, but allowing us also to receive food, medicines and other essential items, part of the backbone of normal societal function. A fact perhaps otherwise lost on us if it wasn't for the effects of this unusual period. For those companies managing these services like Post and L, it's quite a responsibility to bear to keep the show, this critical show for society, on the road every day without fail and in the face of an unprecedented spike in demand. Meeting this challenge has been an enormous logistical and technological feat. At the same time, it's helped to reshape the corporate strategies of the companies involved around this notion of responsible business, focusing on the societal and commercial benefits of pursuing a long-term purpose-led agenda. Thanks for listening to another episode of Insights on Responsible Business. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll tune in to our next episode.
Review us on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app, or whatever popular podcast app you're using. And find out more on Deloitte.nl.